Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's a little or what? What? Hey, no, no, no! You stop that! Oh, sorry, that was that was Foxhole. I forgot to uh, pop out the chat. Must have scared all of you. Not nearly as much as it scared me. Okay, so we're starting off a new week together. On the 16th day of January, it's the observed day for Martin Luther King Jr. How did you celebrate today? Do you celebrate privately or? I, uh, I can't wait to do our show tonight because we have some cool stuff to get around to. Uh, well, we have to do a little bit of a, an update with the, uh, you know, Biden's side business. One of his few side businesses and just, just put it all out there. Got that. I have a little bit of, oh, we have to revisit dead internet theory tonight. That comes on the heels of a Yahoo article. Yahoo article, 90% of online content could be generated by AI by 2025, an expert says. But we've been talking about this for a long time, and we have been debating if we aren't already at that spot. If the internet hasn't already be ho- been hollowed out because something is very different over, you know, probably about 10 years ago, things started really getting odd. I, I almost feel like we're in a, we're in an empty shopping mall surrounded just by naked mannequins and there's just nobody in the shopping mall. Oh, I mean, except us, you and I. Just imagine walking through an empty shopping mall, just an army of mannequins all around us. And there's just nobody else. They still have the shopping mall music going on, and you smell the, you smell some food, and you smell the food court. But there's nobody down there. That's the internet now. Everything is happening on a couple of different apps. They're infested by bots, and everything else is God knows. I don't know, but I want to, I want to uh, go back to that and and read it out and see what you guys and gals think about it. Plenty of direction to go in tonight, and I'm welcoming you to go and get into the chat rooms. You can send in super chats on quite frankly superchat.com. There's also the native super chats, Rumble Rants over there on Rumble. Then there is the native gold pills on quite frankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. There's Rockfin Tips. Those are all different ways that you can get your thoughts on and your greetings onto the show other than calling in, which we should have time for calls tonight, both on Discord and on Skype. That's 914-595-6953. So you can put that into your into your cell phone and store it as quite frankly on air or something like that. And get in get in get in line and hopefully you get through. A lot of people get through and they don't expect it. All right, thank you to my sponsors tonight, Blue Monster Prep. Blue Monster Prep, I took inventory of all the stuff that I got from them over the weekend, and uh, I have a few more things to get, I think. And they do so well for this audience. Still, to this day, I get emails from people. I cannot believe the kind of service that I get from Pat and Gina, and it it made a, a daunting task of prepping to any degree so much more lively and jovial and nice and uh, and organized, you know, 
you have a plan, you chip away at it, you don't have to break the bank, that's what you do. Go over there and look into food, into water, into communication, first aid, anything that you're going to be able to, you're going to, may be able to um, pull off. If you have to set up triage at home or whatever, bluemonsterprep.com, use promo code FRANKLY. All right. All right. On Wednesday night, we got Steve and Jonathan coming back on. That is for the education show, Education to Prep for the Apocalypse. This was a this was a thread that we started about a month or so ago. And here it is. An audience member called in not too long ago and asked, if you're a parent, a guardian, or a mentor to children in any way, what are you planning to do to protect your children from the coming hellscape in which they will have to live? The caller was primarily talking about how to educate children, but you can leave whatever feelings you uh, feel are appropriate over there. That is on quitefrankly.tv, the forum section, and I have this stickied to the top with a few other active threads for the show. Parenting and education through the apocalypse. That'll be Wednesday night. Then we got Jay Gulinello coming in. I've got some great topics, nutrition topics with him lined up for Thursday night. Marjorie Wildcraft will be on with us on Friday night to talk about food survival mentality, especially since you all know the price of eggs these days. So it's been a long, it's been months and months and months. It's been probably close to a year since Marjorie Wildcraft called in from the Grow Network. So that'll be fun. And I just, I just booked this. Jay Dyer reached out to me and Timothy Gordon and wanted to do a joint show. So on February 2nd, me, Jay Dyer, and Timothy Gordon, we're gonna be doing a show about, here's the topic, 1969 Rockefeller meeting, planning the technocratic dystopia that we are now entering into. So uh, it's going to be a big conspiracy show with uh, two of my favorite guests and, and friends that I've met through this show. That's going to be great, having them both on at the same time. That's in February. But before February gets here, we also have January 28th. That is the Saturday night show this month, ladies and gentlemen. It is set in stone. And I do believe that we have Andrew Bashago coming back for volume two of our discussions about his involvement in Project Pegasus and time travel. I have a lot of your questions from the last time he was on. We will rerun that episode prior to his arrival so that you guys can get fresh on what he was saying. If you've never seen it before, you'll be able to come up with your own questions and submit them. Uh, that'll be great. So, so uh, January is, for as long as there is a month of January, is going to be just fine. Book Club is going to be this Wednesday. Everybody's having a good time with that. All right. That's that. That's all I had. That's all I had for the opening for the opening salvo. And now we go into the grab bag. Let's just sharpen up our our knives, shall we? Listen to this. I'm telling you, man, the show writes itself, and after all of these years doing it, there's just something cosmically clicking about it all. That every everything that becomes that becomes uh, relevant and and uh, regular on the show becomes a prerequisite for some big happening down the line, or or just future conversations. I think this con this show builds on itself night after night after night, and if you start missing shows, you miss context. It because it just naturally works itself out. For example, 
we bring we bring in Toby Wright to talk about frequency. Then frequency starts popping up with the 13-month calendar. Frequency starts popping up when we talk to Leo Zagami. Then we talk to Leo Zagami about all of uh, about Hollywood and music being these these long since conquered and acquired tools to for the Illuminati elite to bring in this this final cataclysm for society, this Luciferian uh, world order. And along the way, he is talking about the nature of Rome and what's going on in the Vatican and all of his little birds over there and and um, and, and, and the kind of characters that are are hanging out down there. And especially when we talked a little bit about organized crime, the mafia. And he, he was talking about this one mafia, Don, that was hanging out in, in Rome dressed as a monk, that he's been there hiding for years. He's just, he's just walking around in, in Vatican City, I should say, Vatican City, uh, dressed as a monk and going about his business, and people have been looking for him forever. Today, January 6, 2023, that was Friday night. January 16th, I should say, 2023, from Angelo Amante. Yahoo Finance, arrest of last godfather, deals new blow to ailing Sicilian mafia. Rome, the arrest of Sicilian mafia boss Matteo Messina Denaro, deals a powerful blow to the mythology of the of the Cosa Nostra. La Cosa Nostra. Toppling a symbol of the group's resistance to police efforts to break up organized crime, Messina Denaro. 60 years old, was Italy's most wanted mafia boss and has been on the run for three decades. He's been sentenced to absentia, absentia to a life term for his role in the 1992 murders of anti-mafia prosecutors Giovanni Falcone and Paolo Borsellino. His arrest comes almost 30 years to the day after police caught Salvatore Totorini. La Cosa Nostra's biggest figure of the 20th century and marks the last step in efforts to dismantle the group's historical clan leadership. Efforts to describe efforts ef experts describe La Cosa Nostra, its fame amplified by movies such as The Godfather, as an ailing crime group facing several difficulties, including competition in the highly lucrative drugs market. Although La Cosa Nostra retains control of its Sicilian territory and capacity to infiltrate the broader economy, it has been supplanted by groups such as the, uh, the Cal uh, Calabrian. I don't know how to say that. Either way, if it's in the drug trade, then the Vatican is definitely involved in some way. Messina Denaro was the last godfather. He represented all the secrets of Cosa Nostra. It is the end of a myth, and the organization will have to cope with this, said Anna Sergi an expert in organized crime at England's Essex University. So I got in touch. I got in touch with Leo Zagami. I sent him the link and I asked him, I said, is this the guy that we were just talking about on Friday? How you said that he's been in and out of Vatican City, uh, you know, dressed as a monk and just hanging out there with nobody knowing? He said, yep, that's him. <laughs> it's a couple of days later. So um, funny how that goes. Uh, this is also funny. COVID vaccines may make Botox wear off faster, study suggests. I, uh, my buddy Brendan, Brendan Dilly, was, was laughing about this on Twitter because, and he makes a great point, this is probably why so many, so many of these vaccine-pushing celebrity types are looking really haggard these days. 
the Botox is falling apart. It's like a bad stucco job. COVID vaccine may make Botox wear off faster, study suggests. Pfizer's vaccine may impact the longevity of Botox injections, new study claims. Israeli Botox regulars came in for top-ups around 22 days sooner, post-vax. Oh, boy. Researchers claim this could be due to vaccines' impact on immune response. U.S. dermatologists say that they have noticed a similar trend among their patients. Nothing. Oh, even that. So, what do we have over here? Zero Hedge. Headline. Roomba robot vacuum testers find intimate photos of themselves on the web. Well, it looks like you can score one for all the conspiracy theorists who have been said that they don't like smart appliances in their home because they feel like they were being spied on. Well, yeah, okay, we'll just keep reading. And you can tell, you can tell those things writing off, uh, you can tell those writing off these concerns that intimate photos from some Roomba tester vacuums have magically turned up on Facebook after being ascertained by Venezuelan gig workers. One woman even found photographs of herself on the toilet taken by her robot vacuum. What a time to be alive. Breitbart reported last week that gig workers had posted pictures online where they were discussing work-related matters. One photo was of a woman sitting on a toilet seat with her shorts pulled down to her mid-thighs. It was taken by her Roomba J7 series robot vacuum, the report says. The photos were sent to iRobot by Scale AI a startup that contracts workers to label AI data used to train artificial intelligence. The report says, Users had agreed to participate in the data collection as part of a testing. They signed consent forms, but now say that they feel misled about the true nature of the consent. Well, what kind of data do you think your Roomba is going to collect? How many miles a day it tracks in your apartment? I I, just... People are so fucking stupid. Albert, especially since it's been years now that we learned that Alexa was listening to people have sex. That all those, all, that the the Alexa bots and, and all that, they were, because uh, uh, they have to remain active in some respect because they have to be able to be awake enough to hear you say, hey, Alexa, or something like that. MIT Technology Review conducted an investigation and determined it to be gig workers in Venezuela. There are also photos of a child and a woman using the restroom, the report says. Just great. iRobot has terminated its agreement with Scale AI in response to the investigation. And just imagine what your cat has seen. Forget about the Roomba. You better hope to high heaven that your cat is not a surrogate for some kind of alien force. Because I believe that there's something there. I believe that there's something there with with cats just being drones for aliens looking at you do all types of things. You think you have secrets? Not if you have a cat, you don't. Not if you have a cat, you don't have secrets. That's for damn sure. Uh, What else do I have? Anything else? Oh, Pentagon. The Pentagon announces that Ukrainian troops will now be trained in Oklahoma for the war that never ends, that never had a shot. 
But why not? We trained Stalin and Trotsky and their murderous Bolshevik goons right here in New York City. So why not train um, Nazis in Oklahoma? <laughs> why not? Shortly after the U.S. announced it will send a Patriot air defense system and more weapons to Ukraine, a Pentagon spokesperson has now announced a group of Ukrainian soldiers will come to the United States to train on a Patriot system so they'll be ready when their own system arrives. That's Pentagon Press Secretary General Pat Ryder in a press conference on Tuesday stated training for Ukrainian forces on the Patriot air defense system will begin as soon as next week at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Very nice. We're just doing our part, you know. And here's a little bit of justice, real justice. Fox 2 now from Missouri. We covered this when it first broke, and I'm glad. I'm glad for the update on this. Do you remember this story? Uh, The woman who said that Geico owed her millions of dollars because she caught HPV, she got a sexually transmitted disease well, with some kind of a romp she had in a, in, in, a, in a man's car. Obviously a man she didn't know too well. Well, the judge vacated the $5 million GEICO payout, which will be great because hopefully it doesn't affect any of you GEICO members' uh, premiums. Uh, to Missouri woman who got HPV in a car. Jefferson City, Missouri. Geico is off the hook, at least for now, from paying a Missouri woman $5.2 million because she said she contracted a sexually transmitted disease in the car of a man who is insured by the company. Can you just imagine the fact that the fact that this even got to a courtroom? That she had a fighting chance of getting this money. Now, if the guy hit her with the car, there's no doubt about it. But the fact that she, oh my gosh. So, (laughs) according to court documents, the woman identified as Missouri, M.O., and a man who were in a relationship had sex in the man's car. She contends she contracted HPV because the man did not tell her that he had the disease. HPV can cause cervical cancer and certain other cancers and genital warts. It can also clear up very quickly. In February 2021, M.O. notified Geico as she planned to seek $1 million insurance settlement against the man. She argued the man's auto insurance provided coverage for her injuries and losses. Wow. This is what happens when contracts become living and breathing. This is what happens when contracts become living and breathing. Now, if the court were Neil deGrasse Tyson, he would have said, yes, well, the social contract says you should... Whatever the hell you want, it, it, it is so, because that's just a civil thing to do. Thankfully, when you sign a contract with insurance carriers or anything else, it's very, very clear. Or the Constitution. It's very clear of what words mean, or else there's no point of going into a contract with someone. How do you enforce it if the definition can always change? I have never seen anything about liability for insurance companies if any of their insurance policy holders knock somebody up in a car, give somebody the clap. I, I, that, what are we talking about here? But I guess just to be safe, make sure you bang them on the hood of the car, not in the back seat anymore. Although that would count as a, if you put them on the hood of the car, then that actually is, then you're hitting them. It, it's almost like collision with the car. Mini collisions. You got to get them out of the car 
Get yourself, why doesn't anybody have a blanket anymore? You need to have a blanket in your back seat. You don't ever, you never just drive around and say, oh, this is a nice night. Let's go park somewhere and just look up at the, the sky by the beach or something like that. Why doesn't anybody have blankets in their car anymore? You obviously need them now more than ever. Especially if you're going to keep hanging out with these people you don't know. Get out of the car. Get out of the car. All right. Well, that's it. We'll be right back. We've got plenty to do. Don't go anywhere. We're going to start off with this profane, hilarious Martin Luther King statue that they unveiled over the weekend. We will be right back. Thank you for all the company you're going to pay. Who is the better man? Okay. Dr. Martin Luther King? Mm -hmm. Stalin. <laughs> Finally, these are the big questions. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Right. It's Monday. Monday moving right along on a Monday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so as you know, you can send in those super chats. I'll be checking them out in a little bit. It's just you and I tonight. I, I'm, I'm, either, I'm actually really, really excited about that. I'd also like to encourage you all, whether you're watching on Theta and Foxhole or Twitch, Rumble, YouTube, Rockfin, DLive, especially on YouTube and Rumble. Rumble, it's paying dividends in big ways because we're picking up a lot of subscribers very quick. Like the show. It takes a, a fraction of a second. Whether you're, uh, It's a thumbs up if you're on the mobile app. It's a plus if you're on the desktop. Just... Give it a like. YouTube, same thing. Let's try to get to 1,000 likes on both places tonight. There's usually well over 1,000 people watching there, uh, and, and it just it just helps. We're making a lot of great, great moves in the early going of 2023, and let's just pay ourselves a favor. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, what else was I going to say other than that? Oh, I don't know. I guess it'll come to me. But let's just jump right into the the more inspiring part of the week. The weekend that is the unveiling of a bronze sculpture called the embrace honoring martin luther king jr and coretta scott king it was just unveiled at boston common now the problem is that uh depending on what angle you're looking at it from uh let me see here where's the where, where's the biggest thing well th the problem is that from one angle it looks like it looks like a gigantic dick and from the other angle 
this is the angle I saw at first. And take a look. Watch this. So here is... Now, tell me something. When I'm looking at that, I see a hand. This is the first, since this is, this is you know, just modern art in its, in its best. And, you know, for the, for the commie that Martin Luther King was, this is just apropos that commie art would come in and, and ruin a nice moment, which was, this was based on an embrace that he and his wife had in a picture somewhere. And they just, they just took pieces of their body and there's a hand somewhere and there's a limb somewhere else. To me, this looks like a bald man is going down on a woman. A bald man with a bronze head is going down on a woman. It looks like a thigh, like two thighs are wedging <laughs> wedging this head together. There's a hand on the thigh. You're just getting a good, you're copping a feel while you're doing your thing. Uh, it, it, it looks like somebody's, <laughs> and this is just the back end of it. Then it turns around and you see it's this giant bronze snake-like thing and everybody's thinking it looks like a dick and it's just horrible it's hilarious i love when things go wrong especially when it costs over 10 million dollars that's what i thought i read 10 million dollars oh i love when money is wasted like that (laughs) i've wasted plenty of money in my life but never on something stupid like that. Um, but anyway, that's just what I wanted to bring up. That's um, in just a terrible, terrible statue. And, and that's how everybody... I, what were people thinking? There's a smattering of applause there. Everybody's like, what's going on? I, when I opened that, I said, wait a second, what is this? It's either somebody's being strangled to death by an anaconda... Or, or they're, they're, they're commemorate. I, I said, wait, what? I tweeted it out on Saturday or whenever it was. I said, wait a second. What does Martin Luther King have to do with Cunnilingus? I don't get it. Nobody had an answer. Who has an answer anymore? I just don't get it. Um, so that was that. Just a little quick thing out of the way. Now on to Davos. Zero Hedge, a new system. And this will go hand-in-hand hand with the AI uh, in a way when we get around to it. Today is the first day of Davos. There's, there's some headlines made about how George Soros is not going to be there because he has to be somewhere else to do a... He has an engagement, the 98-year-old, in, uh, you know, never... This invincible old reptilian man. But Klaus Schwab was there. Anyway, a lot of people at this Davos thing. A new system they keep harping on. So here's a, here's a little bit on this. The World Economic Forum, the annual meetup, kicks off today. Politicians, corporate giants, philanthropists, and other. A manner, all manner of elite monstrosities gather for a weekend of telling each other how smart they are and making the world generally worse. Like I said, this is the real Congress. This is Congress. All that stuff that we get on C-SPAN, all that stuff that we get for the State of the Union... That is days of our lives. That is General Hospital. That's the bold and the beautiful. Frank, why do you know all these soap operas? Because I had to watch them all with my grandmother for years. All right? I know all about them. That's what this is. That's what that is, I should say. That's what goes on in D.C. 
That's the soap operas that your grandmother watches when she drinks her Metamucil. This is this is the real this is the real Congress. This is what's going on here. But what's on the menu this year? Well, here are five main items for discuss, up for discussion according to the WEF's website. See if you can notice a pattern. Number one, addressing the current energy and food crisis or crises in the context of a new system for energy, climate, and nature. Number two, addressing the current high inflation, low growth, high debt economy in the context of a new system for investment, trade, and infrastructure. Number three, addressing the current industry headwinds in the context of a new system for harnessing frontier technologies for private sector innovation and resilience. Number four, addressing the current social vulnerabilities in the context of, did you guess it yet? A new system for work, skills, and care. Because you always remember, they love us. Klaus Schwab stays up at night thinking about how to make things better for you and your family. He loves you. He loves you like your mother could never. Addressing the current geopolitical risks in the context of a new system for dialogue and cooperation in a multipolar world. A multipolar world, which means that, you know, a handful of, of corporations instead of just one. Now, none of this is news. A new system, quote-unquote, for energy is a Green New Deal. A new system for international cooperation is some type of global governance. And a new system for investment and trade covers a lot of topics, including digital currency, which I'll get around to next. Like I said, nothing new, but it's always refreshing to see it in print with no effort to hide it. It's also been interesting that they don't use the phrase new normal, great reset, or build back better anywhere on the page, despite the fact that it's obviously what they're talking about. A little victory for the alternative media who have been clearly raised enough, have clearly raised enough awareness that those phrases are now considered too tainted to use. Uh, yes, yes. Well, that's just why, you know, they changed all the names of your, your most, um, I don't know, what is it? Those artificial sweeteners, corn syrup. They change the name of those every couple of years when people catch on. They start avoiding products to have them in. And they'll, they'll, they'll make up names like sucralose. I remember when they started using sucralose. That, got, that, that went right underneath my radar for years because I saw that. I said, oh, well, that's, that's like, that must be sucrose, right? Just table sugar? All right, that's fine. That's, that's not bad. Then you realize, nah, no, 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 no. Now this is part of the game. So it's onward and upward for these freaks or onward and downward for us. And, um, and then when it comes to new systems, here's the big thing from the Wall Street Journal. It's coming. Headline, central bank digital currencies are coming whether countries are ready or not. The game-changing development could have profound impact on the banking system, but few people still understand it, which is totally fine for the, uh, the banksters there because no one understands how the fiat system works either. And the fiat system is almost done with. It is done. It is done. Nobody figured that shit out quick enough to be able to hold people accountable, uh, put them in jail, and uh, execute a few others. And now that system has been completely bankrupted and we've been taken for hundreds of trillions of dollars, taken, just completely taken, all of us being the, coll the collateral, the tax cattle that we are. 
So they're saying, well, nobody really understands digital currency. They don't, they don't give a shit. They're never going to understand it. They're never going to understand it. Our parents and our grandparents, our aunts and our uncles, none of them understood Facebook for a few years. They still don't really understand the internet, but they know how to post a status and they know how to send a direct message. They know how to like somebody's status. You know how many times around 2007, 2008, 2009, when they started letting normies, <laughs> normies outside of the, the, the school system onto Facebook, you have your, your grandparents just, just thinking that they're private messaging somebody, but they're just putting out a, 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 a public post. It's like, oh, oh boy, they're still learning, they're still learning. But what do they learn? What are they going to learn about digital currency? They're going to learn about swiping a new card. Swipe the new card, scan the new chip, that's all they're going to learn. The money's going to be in your account, here's the transition, Whatever. here's the transaction. It. What the hell are people going to learn? So it's coming, yes, we're going to have to deal with it, and God help us all. And uh, and that's all I have on that end. So we'll see what kind of what sound clips come out of the World Economic Forum Davos over the week. I'm sure it's not going to be anything too groundbreaking, um, no matter how bad the sound clip is, the exchange is, no matter how provocative it is. We've heard it all. We know what direction they're going in, and there's no stopping. So we'll keep an eye on that. On to Joe Biden. Chuck Schumer, this is from the Gateway Pundit from over the weekend. Chuck Schumer loses it on CNN after being pressed on Biden's classified documents scandal, which I just call Biden's side business. Let's take a listen to Chuck Schumer, who sits down with Don Lemon, and apparently it didn't go as smooth for Chuck as he would have liked on on the, uh, on the very friendly network. This is our reporting. According to one justice official, said that the White House public statements earlier this week offered a, an incomplete narrative about the classified documents from Biden's time as vice president, reinforced the need for a special counsel. The misleading statements created the impression that Biden's team had something to hide. That doesn't sound that much different than the there's former now, president. John, there's now a special prosecutor. Let's see what they have to say. We can have all this speculation and comment. Let's see what they have to say, and let's focus but, on doing things that help the American people. Okay, so they, well, it, it, like Don, Don Lemon was, to his credit, was saying, um, well, speculation is, is your bread and butter. Hey, it's Don Lemon's bread and butter, too. But, uh, I mean, I, I, guess, I guess they're trying to save some face. Trying to save some face a little bit here. I don't know. I have to. I have to get into. Have to say this. Uh, you. You seem much more measured about this than with the Trump documents because you call for transparency with the Trump documents. You wanted lawmakers to have access to the documents seized from the former president, uh, his residence in Florida, which it seems like you. The bottom line is, I said that night it's premature to comment on what should be done, for and president I stick Trump by that. Mean. Yes, for President Trump. That's exactly so you right. Think that That's your what I said. Are consistent for I both, sure do. For both, you bet. Okay. So, you said the president has fully cooperated, and there's no indication that he and the White House have not. But there is a real question about transparency and what the American people well, deserve. Let me is, just let me let me. Prosecutors will get to the bottom of this, and let's let them do it for I, God's I, sakes. I, I, hear I know you, you all want to buzz around you. and all of that, but let me let me is, buzz. I know you want to buzz around. Why? I, it's it's fun. It's just fun. Sometimes it's fun to watch these free. I, I wish I could throw a, 
Never mind. For a minute, okay. Let me buzz for one minute, and I promise we'll get on. But it's not just hold on. It's not just us buzzing around. You are the the Democratic head of the Senate. This is a really important issue. It's not just buzzing around. No, but we have. And if there were no special prosecutor, there would be. You know, you might have a different thing to say. But there is. And now we have the law enforcement people who have the power to get all the facts out. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Well, let's let's see if this the uh, the special counsel gets around to making sense of this. I have a thread here from Kenakoa, the great friend of the show. I want to read a little bit of it because it's 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 it really goes hand in hand with what all of my speculation, my speculation. So you know where this is going to lead. This is just this is another. It's just another open for business. Uh, American intelligence, American asset yard sale. That's that's just what it is. And we'll get into it a little bit more. So um, let's see if they get around to making sense of this. Here is from Kanakoa. Did the Biden sell classified documents to the Chinese intelligence? Hunter has repeatedly acknowledged that he worked for Chinese intelligence. Here's the quote. My representation of the fucking spy chief of China. How many times have we, we brought that back up? I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the, literally, Dr. Patrick Ho, the fucking spy chief of China, who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, founded, and is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing, who was my partner. Okay, that's, that's Hunter's voice. These are things that we have on tape, you know, uh, and to think what they would do, what what they would do, to what length they would go to to even lie, to lie about Don Jr. saying anything to that degree that puts him in, in a room with a Chinese spy chief or something like that. Kanakoa goes on. Hunter sent a text to Haley saying that he was involved in, quote, brokering a deal with Vladimir Putin, end quote, and China had, quote, arrested CIA operatives in retaliation for the DOJ arresting his, quote, client, the chief of intelligence of the People's Republic of China, end quote. There it is. And dad's running for president. In 2017, Hunter Biden acted as a personal attorney to the CEFC, Ye Jianming, in a deal to purchase 14% of Russian oil giant Rosneft, which uh, faced U.S. sanctions at the time. At the time, Hunter, the business partner, CEFC's Zhang Jinwan, was photographed toasting with Vladimir Putin in Budapest. The Biden family partnered with CEFC to spread Chinese colonialism across the West as part of Xi Jinping's Belt and Road Initiative. Ye Jingming told Reuters the Rosneft purchase was, quote, mainly driven by China's Belt and Road Initiative. In total, the Bidens received at least $31 million from Chinese businessmen linked to the highest level of Chinese intelligence, mostly from Hunter's Bank of China-funded investment firm Bohai Harvest and CEFC. On November 18, 2017, CEFC came crashing down. FBI agents arrested Hunter's business partner, Patrick Ho, for bribing the president of Chad and Uganda's former or foreign minister. Patrick offered them millions in cash payments in exchange for oil rights in their countries. Now, we know all about that. We were talking about that uh, that kind of uh, economic hitman, John Perkins-style colonialism, corporatism 
that was going on in South and Central America, like in, in the 80s and 90s, with, uh, with a lot of Western countries. But China is colonizing the, um, the continent of Africa through those same means now. Hunter Biden was paid $1 million to represent the man he called the spy chief of China, Patrick Ho. In an email on Biden laptop, New York Times reporter Matthew Goldstein asked Hunter why Patrick Ho's first call after his arrest was to Joe Biden's brother, James Biden. Joe Biden called Hunter in late 2018 to discuss the New York Times article detailing his son's dealings with the spy chief of China, telling him, quote, I think you're clear. The call contradicts Joe's repeated statements in that he never talked to his son about overseas business deals. The Biden sold access to the highest levels of the U.S. government to officials linked in China, to Chinese intelligence. In 2017 email, Hunter wrote that Ye Jingming, Xian Ming, had agreed to a rate of $10 million per year for a three-year guaranteed total of $30 million for, quote, introductions alone. And that would leave, lead to a much more lasting and lucrative arrangement, they said. In 2019, Hunter sent a text message to his daughter that said he gave half of his salary to Joe Biden for the last 30 years. Hunter lamented that Joe made him pay everything for this entire family. And there's uh, and Kaneko is putting all of the the screenshots for these text messages in there as well courtesy of Marco Polo, but uh, we've been sifting through a lot of this stuff for a couple of years now. In 2018 background check, Hunter claimed to pay, this is the, this is a big one. I would love to see somebody jump into this to make some, make some sense of this for me. Okay. Hunter claimed to pay $49,910 a month in rent at Joe Biden's Delaware home where classified documents were just found. Is this how Hunter laundered the millions received from Chinese officials and gave half of his salary to Joe Biden? I would have to say yes. I would have to say yes. They went in, I, I think it was, it was Miranda Devine that put that out there. And then they also went in a Zillow search. People start doing Zillow searches. Take a look at this. A Zillow search reveals that the most expensive home currently for rent in Wilmington, Delaware is going for $6,000 a month. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Hunter Biden is paying Wayfair prices to his father. Wayfair, okay? Where you, where you pay $27,000 for a throw pillow, you know? And there's nothing weird going on with that. So that would be great to get some answers on that. I'm sure that this, 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 this her guy is going to go real deep. He's going to go real hard in the paint. In 2017, where while Hunter received millions from CEFC, Joe and Jill Biden made more money than in previous 19 years combined. Joe and Jill's Biden uh, income in 2016 was $396,000. Joe and Jill Biden's income from 2017 to 2019 was $16.5 million. Incredible. Incredibly, at the same time, Joe Biden declared $5.2 million more income on his tax returns than he did on his government transparency reports, and Hunter's emails revealed Joe paid his son's legal fees for his Chinese business deal. There you go, screenshot from the Daily Mail. 
Did Joe receive money from Hunter's Chinese business deals? Regardless, the Marco Polo 501c3 report thoroughly documents 459 violations of state and federal laws found on the Biden laptop, 140 business crimes, 191 sex crimes, 128 drug crimes, and it goes on. So um, I I would just like to say, because this should be very obvious, much of this is rhetorical, Influence peddling, selling secrets, selling information, all that stuff. Again, the Bidens are no masterminds. They're not masterminds of anything. When you focus in on Joe Biden and his family and you hyperfixate on that, unless you are trying to use that as yet another way to pry a door open and, 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 and go out there and, and just get yourself through the entirety of the network that he is, he is uh, a piece of, that's something else. But to find focus on Joe Biden because you think, oh, well, you know, his presidency is one way or another. This is how we'll get rid of him. They don't care about how big the crime is. They don't care about how you want to vote until something drastic is done. This is the way that things are just going to be. And it's not about Joe Biden. So whenever you read this, you can, you can just scoff to yourself. And, but I would, I would just continue to remind yourself this is not about Joe Biden's family being some kind of masterminds. You will, uh, because of his current public position, it might be a little bit more uh, attractive to come down on him with full weight, but you're getting lost in a game of whack-a-mole at that point. The Bidens have shown us to be very pretty low on the intelligence scale. Jill is not a smart woman. Uh, uh, Hunter obviously is a waste. They, uh, the, the, the daughter has a lot of problems. It's mostly because of trauma and stuff like that. But, but Joe in, in himself, he's, um, he, he's unscrupulous, but he's not smart. I mean, you, the, the sex addictions and the drug addictions aside, how many times has he had to apologize for plagiarism? He has really no filter. It's gotten worse as he's gotten older. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, he, he's had, how many times does he have to lie about him being smarter and more accomplished than he actually was? So you think that a family that is this sloppy and this reckless is able to create a side business this lucrative that they built themselves on a world stage without it being a wide-scale norm? It has to be a wide-scale norm. It, it must be, just like how Jeffrey Epstein you nutshell the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing in one way without knowing the known associates. You don't even have to go into the, the Bill Gates and the Clintons and the and the Lolita Express and the flight logs and the MIT links with the, the genetics and Zorro Ranch and Vanity Fair and ABC and the and how Operation Leap Year was scuttled by forces obviously so big that it made people like the McCains and the FBI run for the hills, whatever forces those may be. Jeffrey Epstein's existence was only possible because he was a cog in the system, the real system, all right? The system wherein the Hunter Bidens of the world are the princes. They are the princes and the dukes. These drug-addled losers who have a good last name and they have sufficient amount of uh, blackmail hanging over their heads and they're controllable. That's the real system. So... Always remember, don't get caught up in the whack-a-mole where we got the, wow, Joe Biden, the criminal family. No, it's just, it's just the way things are. It's just the way things are. 
You know, and, and what about what about things like Hunter Biden's paintings going for fifty thousand dollars to two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars? It was like it had like outsold a Picasso somewhere or something. I, I hope the special counsel looks into that. That would be wonderful because, I, I mean, it, it'd be impossible. You say, well, it's not about Hunter Biden. But you understand there's nothing separating Hunter from Joe. There's nothing separating all that stuff. They're middlemen. They're bagmen. They are proxies for each other. Obviously, Hunter is a proxy, uh, a sloppy one. Probably got worse and worse as time goes on. Uh, it was probably like Goodfellas in the Biden family for a long time. And as uh, you know, you know, in the in the beginning of Goodfellas, times are good. They got these big scores. Business is great. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, all of a sudden, everybody just gets into the drugs. They just start getting into the cocaine and if everything gets all out, out, of, out of sorts. And all of a sudden you have helicopters following you all over the place and the good times are over. That's pretty much what was going on here, if you ask me. But as far as Hunter Biden's art goes, boy, oh boy, there are plenty of crackheads littered all over New York City, sleeping in the streets. If they could only find the motivation to take a shit on a blank canvas instead of a sidewalk, they would be rich. How the hell is Hunter Biden's shit being sold in Soho for a quarter million dollars? There are thousands of crackheads on the streets of New York City. Oh, if they had, if they only had the motivation to pop a squat over a blank canvas and bring it down to Soho, they'd be millionaires. Just incredible. Just, just incredible. All right, really quick break. When we come back, I want to get into this Yahoo thing to set the, ta- set the table for what we have coming up in the second half, which is a larger talk about dead internet theory and your experiences on the internet. Yes. All right. We'll be right back. And the target was Microsoft Chairman Bill Gates arriving for a meeting with community leaders. Watch what happens when a team of hitmen meet him first with a pie in the face. Gates was momentarily and understandably shaken, but he was not injured. The hit squad piled on with two more pies before one of them was wrestled to the ground and arrested the others for at least the moment and got away. Gates went inside, wiped his face clean, and made no comment. He then went ahead with his scheduled meeting. No word on the motive for this attack. Great record. Excellent album. We learned a lot from it. Great record. I love your TV. You're cool. So I love your TV. Yeah. You're cool. What's QFTV? Did you say what's QFTV? Miss, you're going to need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after, quite frankly. Yeah. 
you're definitely cool. Only on quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. Okay, so that's a little bit of update on Biden's garage. Here is a headline from Yahoo that I'd like to spend the rest of the time having fun with. 90% of online content could be generated by AI by 2025, expert says. Generative AI like OpenAI's ChatGPT, could completely revamp how digital content is developed, said Nina Schick, advisor, speaker, and AI thought leader, told Yahoo Finance Live. Uh, we might reach 90% of online content, t- content generated by AI by 2025, so this technology is exponential. She said, I believe that the majority of digital content is going to start to be produced by AI. You see chat GPT, but there's a whole plethora of other platforms and applications that are coming up. The surge of interest in OpenAI's DALI and chat GPT is facilitated a wide ranging public discussion about AI and its expanding role in our world, particularly generative AI. Here's a quote, ChatGPT has really captured the public imagination in an extremely compelling way, but I think in a few months time, ChatGPT is just going to be seen as another tool powered by this new form of AI known as generative AI, she said. It's important to understand what exactly generative AI is and what it isn't. What generative AI can do essentially is create new things that would have thus far been seen as unique to human intelligence or creativity, she said. Generative AI can create across all media, so text, video, audio, pictures, every digital medium can be powered by generative AI. So I think these valuations that you're seeing for open AI are actually going to go up and you're going to start to see even more generative AI companies which have universal applications across many industries in 2023. This is all still really new as applications for generative AI have quote, only really been coming in the four for the last 24 to six months added chick. Now, I got to say, as far as news creation goes, uh, th- this has definitely been around. Um, in 2021, I think it was 2021 or it was 2020, when those they started layering in a lot of gun control stuff again and how gun violence and all this other... I, you remember we did the show and I had presented to you about one to two dozen almost identical almost identical uh, articles that had been sourced, it said, from USA Today. And the articles were, seriously, 97% identical. But whereas it says that, you know, gun gun violence is on the rise and what, you know, it hit all these different type of trigger words and buzzwords that indicate that there is a growing problem with gun violence in your area. And these Articles were 97% identical, save for the area, whether it be a a town, a county, something like that, which was swapped out, and other little identifying remarks and things that customize this blank check of an article, 
and gives it some kind of regional tie-in. And it, it was dozens. It was dozens. And they all came out within the same 24 to 48 hours. I said, obviously, this is generated by something that's not human. And it's there to be able to stack the deck for people who are going to be searching for this sometime soon, I guess. Or for people when they do go and search it, because you know that gun violence and gun control is something that comes up. It's cyclically. It's all the all these things come up cyclically. And when they do, there's going to be a fresh batch, fresh batch of material for people who are putting in their searches in those completely jacked up search engines which is part of a lot of the dead internet theory and i would love to have had someone like jimmy corsetti on the show to from bright insight who uh spent some time talking about how there is something terribly wrong with the way that major search engines not just google but bing and everything else uh how they compile information and prioritize information and that for most users on the internet uh it it's just it, it seems like there is a blank info dump after like the 13th page where it all just goes away everything whatever your search term is it can generate billions of hits you got to go check it out um bright insight ask the question where is all the the information going truth stream media has done a lot on on uh information just leaving and going away and in the second half tonight, we're going to read through an OG post on dead internet theory, which actually uh, originated from the the X forum and um, I forgot where else on 4chan. But here is a little bit more on Yahoo Finance. The pace of acceleration is so incredible, they say. The generative AI space is set to get far more competitive in the next year, Schick says, who expects to see companies like Google Parent Alphabet, Microsoft, and Apple do a lot more in the space. Though much has been said about the extent to which ChatGPT may or may not present an existential threat to Google's search dominance, Schick said she expects to see Google compete rather than wither. Google is not going anywhere. Google's not going anywhere. Just like the metaverse is not going, we're having a, we're having a laugh at at uh, Mark Zuckerberg's expense every time that we see how pathetic the the metaverse looks like and how few people are actually using it. But um, it's it's not going anywhere. It is a very important part of the reset of humanity. Very important part. That is the trap. That is the trap from Ghostbusters that they want to keep us our spirits inside of that little box no doubt about it and google is too important it's not going anywhere it'll be co-opted if nothing else though it's complicated the extent to which chat gpt in its current form is viable a viable google competitor there's little doubt of the possibilities meanwhile microsoft has already invested 1 billion in open ai and there's talk of further investment from the enterprise tech giant which owns search engine bing the company is reportedly looking to invest other ten billion, another ten billion dollars into OpenAI. Now it's seven fifty-five. I want to play something for you as we go to break. It's a six-minute and forty-second uh, video. It's Jordan Peterson speaking about GPT, and I want to play it for you as we go into break, just so you have a little bit more 
momentum with this topic coming into the second half of the show. And, uh, and that's what we're going to do right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the screen or sharpen your ears uh, in podcast land. Jordan Peterson speaks a little bit about GPT. We will be right back. There are things, and everyone on, in the audience should know this, there are things coming down the pipeline on the artificial intelligence front that are just going to make your hair stand on end within the next year because there is so much transformation going on in that domain and, and that's been the case particularly for the last six months that it, it, it's, it's almost unimaginable. You're going to see things you just can't possibly... How many of you clap? How many of you know what chat GBT is? Okay. So well, not very many. So I'll tell you what Chad GPT is, just so you know, because you need to know this. And I don't know what sort of technological revolution this is. Gutenberg press level? It's something like that. This is a big deal. So this AI system, it's a general language processing model, was released about a week ago, a week and a half ago. And uh, I, I went and interacted with it. You can, it's an AI system, artificial intelligence system. It basically is trained on, well, a massive corpus of, of spoken and, or of text. So it's derived its models of the world from the analysis of human speech, essentially. It, it isn't using real world data yet, but that will be happening certainly within the next year. So, and chat GPT, analyzes a very large corpus of text, and that corpus is growing all the time. Now, it's already sophisticated enough. I went on to it last week, and I said, okay, some of you know I, I've written these books, 12 Rules for Life, and then Beyond Order, 12 more rules, because, you know, you can't have enough rules. And I asked it, this is what I asked it to do. I said, write me an essay that's a 13th rule for Beyond Order, written in a style that combines the King James Bible with the Tao Te Ching. That's a pretty difficult, that's pretty difficult to pull off, you know? Any one of those things is hard. The intersection of all three, that's impossible. Well, it wrote it in about three seconds, four pages long, and it isn't obvious to me, for better or worse, that I would be able to tell that I didn't write it. Right, right. And Okay, and that's pretty impressive, although, you know, maybe not its relationship to what I've written, but the fact that it could do that grammatically perfectly, right? And quite impressive philosophically, I also had it write an essay on the intersection between the Taoist version of ethical morality and the ethics that are outlined in the Sermon on the Mount, which it just nailed, got that dead right, br brilliant. Again, it took it about three seconds. There was a, a computer engineer who purported to work for Tesla. He asked GPT, chat GPT, said, look, I work for Elon Musk, but I haven't been doing much for the last week, so I need you to write me 10 bullet points about what I probably would have done as a, as a engineer at Twitter. What 10 things did I do last week that were productive and valuable? And oh, if you don't mind, write me the accompanying computer code that goes with each project. And it did that too, three seconds, and the computer code works. 
Right, and so, okay, so that's, that's already there. So then a university professor did this. He thought, oh, that's interesting. Any student will be able to write any essay on any topic with chat GPT. And uh, someone gave it an SAT, by the way, and it scored about as well as the average student in a well-functioning public university. So that's how smart it is. So that's basically an IQ test. He said, write me an essay, gave it a topic, wrote the essay. He said, now grade it said, if we can automate the students, we should be able to automate the professors, too. And so it provided a complete comprehensive analysis of its own essay with grade. It wrote, uh, someone else asked it, write the screenplay and describe the characters for the next $900 million Hollywood blockbuster. It's like, bang, plot, characterizations. Then someone else took the descriptions of the actors and said, generate computer, photorealistic computer images for each actor. And all the AI systems could do that. So I'm going to tell you what's going to happen next. This is going to happen this year. So get ready. Okay, so now we have an AI model that can extract a model of the world from the entire corpus of language. All right, and it's, it's smarter than you. And it's going to be a hell of a lot smarter than you in two years. So you can get ready for that too. But it's not that smart yet because it's just a humanities professor at the moment. It doesn't test its linguistic knowledge against the real world. That's what a scientist does, right? You come up with a theory that's linguistically predicated, and then you throw it against the world and see if it sticks. And then the world tells you whether or not your linguistic construction is valid. But the new AI systems will be able to extract out patterns from the world itself, from images and so forth, and then be able to test their linguistic constructions against the world, and so they'll practice just like scientists. And the most advanced models are going to use text and image and action as well, because they'll build a model human action. And so, and all of that's going to come down the pipes within the next year. So hang on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, because what did my friend Jonathan Pajot say? Giants are going to walk the earth once more, and we're going to live through that maybe so anyways in, in terms of our rights welcome to intermission we'll, we'll be right back Quite frankly. 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 Qu
Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Quite frankly. Let's go, Brandon. Not quite. Quite frankly in Roma, Italia. I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? There's a little bit more on that too. There's like a couple of seconds left about our rights. You want to hear that? I do. Let's play it real quick. It's like 30 seconds longer. Maybe. So, anyways. In, in terms of our rights, though, yeah. that, that, that is not a bad development. Well, we'll see. I mean, Elon Musk, one of the things he's working on, see, he, he thinks that the world will be controlled by whoever produces the most functional AI system the fastest because there'll be a first, a first mover advantage. And one of the things Musk has been working on for a long time are distributed AI systems so that you'll have your own artificial intelligence to protect you against, well, let's say against Google's artificial intelligence. Ah, uh, so you have your own droid at home. You have your own droid at home. Oh, boy. Now, well, that doesn't sound too good if you ask me. But let's get into our super chats because I want to see what people are thinking. Then we'll take some calls in a little bit. All right, here we go. First one up, quite frankly, superchat.com. Where the hell is it? Here it is. Kitty Kitty Meow says, I asked that chat G, uh, had to, I asked chat GFY to write a poem for me to my daughter. It was so stupid she'd know I hired someone to write it. Well, okay. I, I, I mean, it's, yeah, I, it, still, it's a pretty basic considering where we're going to be going for um, it's a chat bot generative pre-trained transformer or something like that GPT it's just pretty much a chat bot and these things get better and better with the more input so I mean if Jordan Peterson put in an order for all those types of things maybe you have to give them a little bit more input of what to write a poem about. I don't know. I haven't fiddled with it. I'd like to. I'm sure that some things are going to come out wonky. And 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 what we get into next is going to roll right into all of that. Because I wonder what is going to be the best metric to know whether or not you're dealing with a human being on the Internet. I know that you can always just you can just take that um, that line of thinking and say, well, stop talking to people on the Internet and get out into the real world again. Well, that's a given. That is the, the only world. But as far as what is going to be a good way of, of testing whether or not a person you're talking to is actually a person. Because you're going to have to try to bring that machine to extremes that will make it trip out and spurg out in some kind of a way. You're going to have to get so based. You're going to have to get so based. I wonder if you're going to have to get, like, super racist and shit like that to be able to see who the hell is who. Um, I wonder. 
We'll see what you guys have to say about that. We have a whole hour to go. KT Sky D says, such a good episode. Totally what I like to watch. I've actually never heard the term dead internet before. I came in a little bit late, but we'll definitely rewind once it's over. Great stuff, Frank. Thanks for entertaining, educating. Well, I haven't gotten to revisiting the actual theory yet. We'll get to that in a second. Kitty, Kitty says, Frank, it's been over two years since, since Sonny died. I've never spoken romantically to anyone since. No interest. Then I met Henry Smith on Twitter. He turned out to be Nigerian Prince, LOL. You gotta laugh or life ain't worth living. No. No, Kitty. Don't tell me you, you f fell for a Nigerian Prince. Kitty's been watching for a while. Kitty's been going through life changes and um, I'm glad to hear that she's still out there and, and hanging with us but please don't tell me you fell for the Nigerian prince Silky Johnson says hola Frank I'm still pretty new to your channel over a year and love your content have you ever dug into theories about the deep dark web or the so called Mariana's web Mariana sounds fascinating just for the unknown uh, the, the unknown of it but probably not true huh um, well, the first person I would talk to about that with is Jim Lee. I want to talk to a guy about the, the, the deep web and, and, and hacking and all that other stuff. I go to Jim Lee for not only weather manipulation and weather warfare news, um, but also IT. I mean, Jim Lee built this computer over here. He, 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 he spies on me through it as well. But he, he designed this computer. I got all the parts. I mean, seriously, this computer exists. He designed the whole thing, got the parts. My buddy Derek assembled it for me. And uh, so I, I go to him for two things. I go to him for IT and for hacking insights and, you know, technocrat news and all that shit. And then also the weather stuff. I would bring him on for that if we had something to talk about. Our deep dive into Anonymous last year I think was great. If you if you haven't heard our show that I did with uh, with uh, with Jim Lee about Anonymous, because obviously they've been co-opted by the uh, the Hillary Clinton faction of of the internet, no doubt about it. Let's see, uh, Chef J Kinney says hi Frank. Just finished eating Bison Chili Mac. Looking forward to another great week. The show with Leo last week kicked ass. Got to bring him back. Yes. Yes, it went smoothly. I'm sure he'll come back again, and we're on good terms now. Um, I have had some changes to my diet. I moved my my eating window now from 2 to 10 p.m. to 9 to 5. Today it was more like 10.30 to 5, but um, but uh, that's, that's where it is now. Jay wanted me to get a little bit, wanted my uh, eating to be a little bit more in line with circadian rhythm and he'll be on the show on thursday so maybe there'll be a little bit on that so we'll see how i feel in a couple of uh days once i i, I re readjust but it was really nice waking up this morning and knowing i could put just a little bit of cream in the coffee and um along with the lion's mane and and other things there actually jay stopped by my my house on friday and saturday and dropped off a little bit of raw half and half which was when I, I got to get a hand a, a handle on this and I got I need more because it's like you ever have bulletproof coffee you ever have you ever bulletproofed coffee with the butter and the MCT oil 
that is that is the shit and this raw half and half half and half you can just you can just you can just see the the fattiness of it all it was just amazing and i can taste it tasted like bulletproof coffee i'll talk to him about that on thursday whenever it is but thank you chef jay good to have you out there uh and then from patty p i didn't see this two days ago because i wasn't on air it's an off-air super chat which you can send Patty P says, love your show. It's making a huge difference in benef- and benefiting our world. Please interview Marley Hornick from NY Citizens Audit. Oh, I, I think I've, I've gotten email from Marley before. Well, we'll see before the next time, before the next big round of New York elections. Um, like to see if there's anything to be learned, anything interesting to be learned from what's going on around here. This hellscape, political hellscape beautiful beautiful state like most states are anyhow Stostube thank you so much a minute ago a wonderful blessing from Stostube and the whole family up there in Massachusetts thank you over on to Rumble we got quite a few coming in on Rumble PDR 111 very generous thank you PDR it's always great to see you every once in a while Frank the White Sox signed Andrew Benintendi is he any good you got a great yes yes congratulations the Yankees should should have signed him. They did nothing. Compared to the Mets, they did absolutely nothing. Yeah, I know the whole judge thing, but whatever, whatever. You know, they, they're essentially bringing back the same damn team. So let's hope the kids from the farm system shock us all and uh, and they, they, uh, they're able to contribute splitting time with uh, Josh Donaldson and IKF. Stupid. So... Congrats to the White Sox. They got a great outfielder. He hits, tremendous contact play uh, hitter, and great in the field, too. So if he stays healthy, you got a great outfielder. Good for you. Astro, Astro Emmy says, really enjoyed the last couple of shows with Timothy Alberino and Leo Zagami. Great stuff. Thank you, Emmy. It's great to have you out there. And I'm glad that you're having a good time with the shows. I want a lot more like that. In the future, those topics, and we're going to keep it varied. Nana knows says uncensored Abe did a quite frankly shout out today. He asked us to tell you your Friday show with Leo Zagami was really good. Encourage folks to buy Leo's book, Uncensored Abe, huh? Send me the link, Nana knows. I want to see that. Thank you so much, Uncensored Abe. Would love to see that. And um, One Way Mel got a lot of Rumble rants tonight. This is great. Says I signed up for GPT to check out check it out. I asked it what happens to Georgia Guidestones. Crickets. Yeah. Well, I like asking uh, Siri a lot of interesting questions too, and she bows out on me more than more than not. Uh, we've got about fifteen hundred people watching on Rumble right now. Three hundred seventy-seven likes. Ladies and gentlemen, hit that that plus sign or that like button, and let's get that up to at least eight hundred. It'll help grow the show even off air. Same thing for everybody on YouTube. Thank you in advance. That's the, the littlest thing that you can do on my behalf to help out a brother. And uh, I appreciate it. All right. I'm going to get to Foxhole at the other end of this. I want to jump into dead internet theory. I'll do Foxhole and calls at the other end. So when we listen to, when we read through these, these Yahoo articles about how in just two years... 90% of the internet could be AI generated. 
Well, there are plenty of people out there who probably think we've already surpassed that at this point, given just the the weight of how much information is out there and where it all comes from and how it might be um, just cloned and slid down in, in search results and just hidden, buried away. Any good article buried by 10,000 other shit ones. Well, here's a dead internet theory. The internet theory, most of the internet is fake. Now, this was written, this was written, published on January 5th of 2021. We've talked about it, I think, twice since then. But this is the first time I'm really going back into it. And uh, I'd like to do it with you. Here is the too long didn't read version. Large proportions of the supposedly human-produced content on the internet are actually generated by artificial intelligence networks in conjunction with paid secret media influencers in order to manufacture consumers for an increasingly ra increasing range of newly normalized cultural products. This can lead us into another big rabbit hole too, which I featured, it was a clip, I think it was either from 8chan or wherever it was, but if you go into the quite frankly TV blog section and you go further back as you can and there's a, a blog that is titled Mind War alright it's when we, we took a, a jump into Michael Aquino and the PSYOP and Mind War programs well at the end of it it goes into it has this uh, this blurb about how the financial systems are set up and is really just a, a cacophonous a feedback loop of a lot of different types of um, machines and computer systems that are creating a lot of uh, how would I say this that pretty much the stock market is fake too and it, it's bringing us toward this area where it, it's pushing products that are not really even products it's more so just social media fads and cultural concoctions Maybe we get around to it if we have some time, but it's it's a little lengthy. Here we go. I want to go on down to some of the the bigger spots here. So he's listing all the reasons why he thinks that this is uh, it's not real, and he goes into even meme creations like Raptor Jesus and and what was going on. Um, Oh, here, here's another one. Roughly in 2016 or 2017, 4chan was filled with posts by someone or something. It wasn't spam. The conversations with it were in real time across multiple boards and multiple threads simultaneously. Its English was grammatically correct, but odd. I'm not native English speaker, and I am thus sensitive to its misuse, similar to how a Japanese person may use it. A sense of childlike curiosity and childlike intellect emanated from these posts. I posed a lot of questions, usually as if trying to understand the emotions of the posters it was talking to, as if unfamiliar with human emotions. Communicating with this poster, quote-unquote, was an odd experience. I could sense something was off, but not malicious. I am obviously certain this was an AI of some sorts. This poster was active only for about a week, and as far as I know, nobody has ever mentioned or noticed this anon. Its replies were always on topic, but the above-mentioned childishness clashed with the apparent knowledge it possessed. It was the knowledge of an adult person, so it wasn't a kid or something of the sort. Now, he went, goes into a lot of anecdotal, just uh, anecdotal experiences here of how cruising the internet and the places that was that were always very authentic and raw 
and uh, inviting were becoming a lot more sterilized and people that you noticed a lot more were gone. And, uh, and, and these, these interchanges were a little bit less authentic and a lot more shilly. Well, here's the last one. My last suspicion is easier to take in. I have a feeling we're in a strange kind of civil war, an internal one. I think Zuckerberg and other tech guys were all on 4chan as Anons at some point, maybe even now. They drew from the same well as us, but went in their own direction. Roughly in 2016 or early 2017, I am absolutely certain this was an AI of some sorts. Now you're thinking where I am too, Anon. Here's the timeline as best as I can see it. In 2004, DARPA's LifeLog project was canceled, so-called canceled. And then Facebook came into being soon after, I think like the very next day, if not the day. 2004 to 2012, NSA picked up DARPA's project under the Total Information Awareness Project. And there you have uh, a link to the New York Times proving as much. Giving into the surveillance state. Of course, it's behind a, it's behind a paywall now. 2012, Smith Month Modernization, Modernization Act gives the U.S. government full legal authority to use propaganda against its own populace. Undoing rules put in place after Operation Mockingbird's discovery and the Church Committee, also from the New York Times. But we've discussed the Smith Month Modernization Act many times, even with uh, Christiane Hall. In 2012 to 2016, shit tons of DARPA NSA contracts were given to Google, Facebook, Amazon, etc. Which is why I say, don't worry about Google. Don't worry about Google getting uh, over, getting outperformed by ChatGPT. 2016 leaked memos dating back to 2016 found in 2018 of Google's selfish ledger project. Also in 2016, Google released a bunch of neuro-linguistic machines learning programs. 2017, deepfake leaks start to become released. Yes. Well, I mean, deepfake hysteria from 2017 to 2019. It was nonstop. You remember, remember all the stuff that we were just waiting for? We were waiting to see. We were waiting to see some fireworks. We had a lot of things that we were waiting for. Said, all right, well, they're obviously they're prepping us for something so that whatever horrible things that come to light is going to be is going to be discounted as deep fakes. And alongside of that is going to probably be a lot of deep fake stuff just flooding the whole sphere here so that you, you, you can never really tell which is what. In 2018, confirmed. Confirm that for decades now, Reddit, YouTube, etc., vote and view counts are fake and completely manipulated. This is from New and NY Mag. We covered this one together too. How much of the internet is fake? Turns out a lot of it actually. This was in 2018 from the Intelligencer, New York. We can read this one again. The metrics are fake. Jim Lee came on to talk about how the metrics are fake. Uh, the people are fake. The businesses are fake. The content is fake. It goes on. It goes on and on and on. And you should really go check this one out. You know, I'll just save this and we'll go into it some of the time. I think it's entirely obvious what I'm subtly suggesting here is uh, given this setup, but allow me to try to succinctly state my thesis here. The U.S. government is engaging in an artificial intelligence powered gaslighting of the entire world population. 
So here's the Metal Gear Solid predicting the current year, but here's an excerpt. The problem outlined the basics of what appears to be happening. There is a large-scale deliberate effort to manipulate culture and discourse online and in wider culture by utilizing a system of bots and paid employees whose job it is to produce content and respond to content online in order to further the agenda of those that they are employed by. Already we've seen this in foreign nations, including elections, by manipulating advertising algorithms on social media in order to push specific candidates. As I see it, it is due to positive feedback loop. I blame Facebook and Twitter. The internet is a fast way to get info, and info is what moves the mind. And the thing is, the mind likes recognition. When the likes were introduced without negative feedback, they created a copy feedback subconscious, which they made, in, uh, made it so only positive opinions would be propagated, also accepted. And it's that negative opinions would be obsolete. Now everyone is too cowardly to have an opinion, so they copy others they like. They are more likely to follow trends and say what others say. You can also see it with the paranoia of always wanting to listen to experts. The fast feedback system of the net created a human obsession to be in with trends. Getting away from it makes it so that you always feel like you're missing out. To play it safe in a trend is more easy, as you can copy what has already been accepted. In this way, the internet and social media, which it was supposed to uh, democratize media by allowing users to create whatever content they wanted, has instead been hijacked by a powerful few. Creation of original content is how the internet used to work. Anonymous people were willing to express their opinions and try radicals and try radical or experimental things. More truly original content, uninfluenced by bots or paid influencers, was created due to anonymity as protection against negative feedback. On the old internet, you can start anew every time you posted something. Now add bots to this. They make it so opinions can be repeated more and more. They are faster than us, so the positive feedback makes it so that we copy the bots and anonymity can't do anything against it because we can't influence the bot like we would a human. This is an easy weapon to manipulate people, so anyone with an agenda can use a bot. It is designed in a way to, and compared to how clickbaits are made. Most won't read the content. This creates TV-like propaganda where there aren't, they aren't influenced by the user and that puts bots as a great advantage over any other opinion because it won't change and we are copying that. To copying that, that constant, that, those, that astroturfing. They're not real, but of course, we've been figured out a long time ago. Our psyche has been figured out a long time ago. So he concludes, I believe Google is one of those that makes bots. After all, they work like a search engine uh, where they get the most accepted content first and it's uh, the same as doing an ad. And then there's more about InQtel, how the CIA owns a software that creates narratives and writes the news. This has been happening since at least 2010. And uh, additionally, there are ongoing threads on X boards on 4chan when this was posted. And here's a, here's a relevant here's a relevant image, okay? Now this was back in 2021. So ChatGPT, that generative pre-trained transformer chatbot, we're talking about it a lot more now because obviously it has come leaps and bounds in a couple of years, and people like Jordan Peterson are asking it to do incredibly complex things, and it's doing it quicker. But here we have a uh, an example from 
from uh, 4chan not too long about not too long ago in May of 21. The original poster says, that's my point. The retards who make threads every day and have the same repetitive posting styles are just autistics. What I meant was when oh, oh, uh, was me- oh, what I meant was when retards reply to troll threads, the replies are intelligent, as in a computer could write it. Two on topic and specific. I highly doubt any more that three percent of poll is bots. So they think that no more than three percent of of uh, politically incorrect are bots. So that ninety-seven percent is just real people, whether they be shills or or whatever. Now, here is the next point. Here's the next point. My point was that people on the right engage in dumbass online behavior. Now, this is a chat bot that is talking to somebody who thinks that they can't be fooled and all that other stuff. My point was the people on the right engage in dumbass online behavior as well, and their abuse is just as bad or worse than the left. All the people who don't answer troll threads, they have their reasons. Their threads are not inform- informative. The most of the time, they are just set up uh, set up to try and either get a comment removal, a comment removed, or give someone a reply. It is not intelligent trolling. The trolls get off on pissing everyone off and creating a huge amount of noise. And then the OP says again, "How is that not intelligent trolling? They annoy everyone." Everyone for making a single thread about trans rights or something. What's not intelligent? And then, of course, we get another one. My reply was generated by uh, with Ch- uh, GPT-3. This was a very crude example. Just using your entire post as the prompt, but you still replied. Imagine what could be done with a more finely tuned instruction set for this tool alone. So in the middle of this, this, uh, this really quick interchange between the OP who is trying to say that the, you know, the, the, what makes people reply to certain posts and what doesn't and what is trolling and what are, what are, what are users, what's the behavior of users who are just overly analytical about things and they just, they, they just dive into a topic and they want to, they want to reply and, and how that's really just what it is. He doesn't account anything to AI nearly nothing he says i highly doubt any more than three percent of the politically incorrect board on 4chan are bots and then the person he's debating with or or it's somebody on the thread just allowed uh gpt to respond and he went right back into responding to gpt because it, it was passable and it was a little bit more crude so this is the thing it's really it, it's that's what i say how do you how are you going to be able to know what is going to be the good, the best litmus test to figure out who is actually a person? And then you have to deal with what their intentions are. It, it's, uh, I mean, I, I guess that's just one of the first victories is to figure out whether or not you're talking to a real person. And then what does that mean? You're talking to a stranger still. You just don't know. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. So it's 830. I'm going to take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to get your calls and your thoughts on this on where we're going next with all of the with all that stuff and uh and with that we'll be right back don't go anywhere what uh what are you doing over there hmm? what uh, nothing nothing <laughs> what where 
in, in Ukraine. W what are you up to? <laughs> Ukraine? What? Ukraine? Nothing's happening in Ukraine. Ukraine of all places. <laughs> Where do you get this stuff? No, no it, it looks like there's some sort of NATO expansion and a CIA-backed coup and something about Joe Biden withholding a billion dollars. You want to get impeached? Impeached? You, you can't impeach me. In that case, just shut up. No, no, I'm not kidding. It looks like Russia is massing on the border. Well, it's fine. We're sending Anthony Blinken over there. Oh, to prevent a war? No. Okay, well, what's he doing? He's uh, going over to uh, protect democracy. Oh, democracy. I, I love that word. Terrible news. Oh, no. Russia invaded Ukraine. Oh, no. Why? Well, because Vladimir Putin is evil. So, because Putin is evil? Putin evil, Zelensky good. That about sums it up. Okay, so the largest country in the world decided to invade a country the size of Texas, and the only reason you're giving me is Putin evil? Big country, little country, you get it. I'm confused. Well, you don't like the fact that a bigger country invaded a smaller country, do you? No, I mean, I guess not. Great, you're fully on board. Here's the Ukrainian flag. Hey, have you heard about the ghost of Kiev? He's this lone fighter pilot that's protecting the whole city. He's already downed like six Russian airplanes. It's incredible. Whoa, really? No, no. But there are these guys on Snake Island. When the Russians demanded they surrender, they responded, go f yourself. <laughs> it's awesome. Whoa, really? <laughs> no. No, that didn't happen either. But did you hear about the Russian atrocities? They are committing war crimes against children. Oh my God, really? Nope, but it doesn't matter because we have to defend Ukraine. They are our military ally. Uh, I don't actually think they are. Yeah, well, we're gonna do it anyway because after all, we've got to defend democracy. Okay, so what are we doing to help? I mean, can we mediate? We can call for peace? How many zeros is in 100 billion? You're writing them a hundred billion dollar check? Yeah, I mean, I was writing checks in the tens of millions, but I was running out of checks, so I'll just do one big one. How much have you sent them? You mean how much have you sent them? No idea, literally impossible to know. Okay, well, where's it all going? Again, who knows? Up in smoke or whatever bombs do. Oh, that's so much money. Has there even been an official declaration of war yet? A what? I've never even heard of that. No, there was a declaration that Putin is evil. Sure, you heard me. Yeah, I don't know if I'm really convinced that Putin is evil. Well, of course Putin is evil. I mean, if he's not evil, why would he drive our gas prices up so high? Putin drove our gas prices up? Well, gas prices are high because of the sanctions that Putin made us put on him, so. Oh, sanctions, so this is hurting Russia. They've never been better, actually. Okay, well, what about our oil supply? No, it's awful. Actually, we're having to uh, sell our strategic reserves. You mean use? No, sell. Sell to who? China. You know, our enemy. Okay, if we're having to sell our strategic reserves, like, why don't we just pump our own oil? Don't we have domestic production? Unfortunately, somebody already banned all of the pipelines and uh, drilling permits, so can't use it. Yeah, that was you. We're going green. Gas prices have doubled. It's a transition. Transition into what? Transition for climate change. I, I thought we were talking about the war in Ukraine. Oh, right. Well, the weapons that we're giving Ukraine are extremely fuel efficient. We can kill thousands for the same amount of emissions as a small SUV. So, progress. And hey, here's some good news. Somebody just blew up Russia's underwater pipeline. Oh my God, who? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> who could it be? No one's going to believe that. They're going to think you did it. Me? The U.S. government? You know Russia has nukes, right? Like, is this game of brinksmanship really worth it? I'm in my bunker now. Pretty nice. What was that last question? I said, is it really worth this game of nuclear brinksmanship?
Okay, so we got a lot of things to talk about here. You can, I mean, obviously there's everything before the the AI dead internet thing. But now, now that we're on it, I just, uh, anybody who's OG on the internet, who has seen things change, let me know. What have, what have you, what, have you been able to put your thumb on anything? Have you seen the change? Is it getting harder and harder to, 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 to find out who the hell you're hanging out with? Well, we'll be able to do that in just a little bit. 914-595-6953. Call in. Let me know what's going on with you, how you're liking the new week so far, and then we're all uh, we're all caught up. And tomorrow I want to do a little bit about this this story I saw about about fertility clinics. I want to I want to do a little bit about that. See if anybody has Oh, you know the other thing I saw? This week this week there was this um oh no it was this morning i saw that eyes wide shut was trending on twitter and i'm saying to myself what is this now eyes wide shut is trending on twitter and it was that i think variety or some one of those like entertainment magazines they had the nerve to lump stanley kubrick and eyes wide shut into a list of movies that were mishaps for otherwise really uh, renowned movie makers, filmmakers, directors, writers, and people were were just going off 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 their rocker about that. And I was so happy to see the pushback because it's just one of those things where it's you either understand, you either understand, or yes, it's long and creepy and a little bit boring at times because you don't know what the hell is going on cryptic and then there's a giant orgy in the middle of it that holds your attention for a little while and then it's just like okay well I don't get it I just don't get it you know these dream sequences and these odd interactions with people and and uh, the the use of color and lighting and and, and passwords and and oh man, it, it's it's one of those things. I wanted to see if I can get someone like a Jay Myers, like Jay Myers documentaries. He got he got in touch with me. I haven't heard from Jay Myers in a long time. He's on Bitshoot. He just released a new uh, a new piece of work on his Bitshoot a couple of weeks ago or something. First thing he's done in a while. I would love for him to do a deep dive with me tomorrow. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it'd be great just to be able to push back on variety, say mishap. Boy, oh boy. I also have some things on my list for film club. And Eyes Wide Shut is on my list for film club. I want to be able to watch that sometime this this uh, this year with everybody and, and go through it all. Because I think that it would be great, especially if we have some kind of a guide. I wish somebody would be able to get the ultimate understanding and just just go through and sweep through the entire film and start like a VH1. You remember pop-up video on VH1 back in the day where they, they would play music videos, but all these little text bubbles would pop up all over the, the music video and would give you some kind of a behind-the-scenes did-you-know or a did-you-know-about-the-band or some, you know, whatever. 
you know, little footnotes about the lyrics, about the music video, the production process, all of that. I wish that we can do a pop-up video of the entirety of, of, uh, you know, Eyes Wide Shut. That would be great. Or you have to give everybody like a PDF, kind of a follow along, a guide, because then it becomes a, just a, it becomes a, a treasure hunt of crazy messaging and, and decision making that was done by a meticulous director who died so so uh, so shortly before it was even out. What what a little while before after a big shouting match at the premiere, over twenty four minutes worth of material that was ultimately cut and never seen again. Don't know what that's about. So I thought that was an interesting way to wake up. I said, "What is Eyes Wide Shut trending for?" And Variety really stepped in it. Boy, oh boy, did they ever. 914-595-6953. Call in. Let me know what you think. I'm going into the foxhole to see what people are saying there. All right. First one up is Frogger. It says, hey, Frank, tuning in from Uncensored Abe. Really? Been getting some great things uh, from Uncensored Abe here. Thank you so much, Uncensored Abe. Please send me a link. I would love to see this shout out because I would love to, uh, I would love to, to say something in kind. I'll find something nice to say. I swear to God, I will. Just another patriot. Thank you. Uncensored Abe is there. Well, thank you. Sent a can over. Daisy Chain says sent over from, from Abe. Daisy Chains again. Abe, not Abel. Sean Joe, Boyce Blanc, Sean Joe again. Uh, Swickley says, Frank, after Toby Wright was on, you played a hymn, Russian Orthodox. What was it? Thanks for everything. I think that was uh, uh, Behold the Alleluia, Behold the, the, the Bridegroom. I think that's what it is. I think it's Alleluia, Behold the Bridegroom. It's one of my favorites so far from all, all the ones that I've found. Corpusful says, yes, sure he does. I don't know what, what that's that's about, but you're right. Joe, Joe Elaine says, just love your shows, Frank. Well, thank you, Joe, and thank you for all your help. Joe helps uh, promote the shows and chat rooms and giving out pertinent links and all that, and she does it for several other shows, and she's, she's just so helpful. Thank you for all that, Joe. Witchy, thank you. Witchy, foxy lady. Wow, a lot of cookies from Witchy there. Oh, now, now she's going in. C. Blanche with a wonderful pile of gold pills. And um, going on now, Doodah Man. Rook Castle says, Stu Peters tweets, FBI documents reveal MLK Jr. started the International Association for the Advancement of, of, uh, of P, of Cunnilingus. There you go, there you go. That's why, thank you for that one, Rook Castle. Witchy Poo again, Pam D, Rook Castle again. So MLK has everything to do with Cunnilingus, literally. Wait, wait, are you serious? Wait a second. Are you serious about Stu Peters and, and the and Cunnilingus with Emma? Send me a link because it could just be just be topical joke that I started here. But if it's real, then I have to know this. I don't see how he would do that. That's that's a little bit too racy for the 1950s and 60s. 
Chai Possum says, all we want is to be left alone and raise our possums in peace. Is that too much to ask? Yes. Yes. Robert Sarns says, attention, Franklies, please share tomorrow night's show with someone you deem worthy as you check in. Thanks. And Rise Attire says, hey, Frank, to hell with the New York Times. Hop any articles paywall via this site. Thank me later. You have to send that to me an email. Thank you. Swickley says, on deepfakes, uh, have you noticed the Hollywood special effects gradually looking more and more un- unrealistic? I wonder why. Yes. Computer-generated images in movies and television is exceptionally bad. TV is laughable. Some of it looks like the Ugandan uh, uh, action action film I just uh, I just played for you right there. Like, you know how about 15 years ago at this point, all of these cell phone applications would come out where you could, you could like, run and you can superimpose a, a helicopter, you know, crashing behind you and all the, the, you know, it's just explosions and stuff. That's what it looks like on TV with some of these, these shows now. We did so much better in the, the 90s and early 2000s with, with a, a mix of CGI and practical effects. And now it's just, it looks terrible. I don't know what's going on. But I guess I, I can understand what you're talking about, Swickly. If if the if the level if the level of of uh, special effects is degrading ever so slightly across the board in Hollywood and other places, which it's not, you know, some people are still doing brilliant work, but if it does degrade, I understand what you're saying, it creates a disparity. If the average product that big production houses for television or screen are putting out things that just don't look as good as you remember the technology being there, it, it, it could also just be that we are just so over over stimulated with computer generated images that we've just seen it all. We, we can spot a fake green screening, blue screening. We just see it all. Um, that if that average production goes down any bit then deep fakes that depict one person or another doing or saying something that causes a massive uproar for one reason or another if those look better than your average movies then all of a sudden they come they come across as more believable a lot more believable because the contrast is i understand what you're saying there but um yeah, well, we'll keep it in mind. We we haven't gotten. They, I have not seen any deep fake stuff in a couple of years. Not not in any any big attention grabbing way. Thank you, Music Man. Thank you, Uncensored Abe. Says it is as if they flipped a switch and changed the information on the internet. Indeed, indeed. Witchy Poos has great show tonight, and Swickly, they will make the alien invasion look that much more realistic. I didn't even think about the alien aspect. All right. Well, uh, I think we have a caller over here. 832, you're on the air. Who's this? Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey, what's going on? Yes, I can. Turn that off in the background. And what's going on, my friend? Okay. I I just turned it off. Um, Hey, um, this is my first time calling in. I usually have to listen on podcast because I'm I'm always asleep when when you do your your thing but as a federal worker 
they gave me today off. Wow. So I finally get to call in. What do you do? You, you don't have to go into detail, but what do you, uh, it, it, what's the, what's the nature of your work? Oh man, I'm, I'm a mailman. I, I listen to oh. podcasts all day while I'm walking around. <laughs> It's all right. I, uh, we have some, some of my best viewers and, and friends of the show are mailmen, like Mike, Mike the mailman around here, who knows my show. So, so welcome to the show. And what's your Hi. name? Uh, my name's Ian. Ian. Okay. So Ian, it's your day off. You're watching live. You called, and as soon as it showed up, I picked up, and now you now you're here with me. So what's going on? Yeah. So um, I just wanted to mention, I guess your your topic for the last show. Um, with Leo Zagami, right? <clears throat> Talking about, you know, the, the Catholic Church. Well, how many Catholic presidents has there been in the United States, you know? Isn't Joe Biden technically the second one? I guess on paper, yeah. Okay. But the one prior was JFK. Yeah. And we all know how that ended. Right, but I don't think that had anything to do with his Catholicism. It just had... Uh, no, no. It had a lot to do with uh, just his family and the mafia. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but well, it's that, and then it's the whole the the the, the P's and Q's thing, you yeah. know. Yes. So I don't know if they're related. Just just on the I thought about while I was while I was listening to you the other day. I thought, you know, it is something that has been brought up though, not necessarily as like the linchpin of of any kind of future pr- predictions for what's coming on down the pike for the Biden the Biden story, because I really don't know how he's he's still there. It's uh, his. He has a dead future. Uh, he was a st- his entire inauguration was a still a stillbirth in its own respect. It's um, it, it's been really unnatural the whole thing, the whole experience. But if you think about it, in and this is the way I always approach it. As long as there is breath in this guy's lungs and he can he can read off of a teleprompter in some kind of serviceable way, why not let him just walk the walk and just take the brunt of everything? He's just like a, a dead man walking, and and uh, and why not just why just not let let it continue until he just can't physically do it anymore? Yeah, until he expires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very very good point, man. Well, hey, I just want to say your your show is awesome. I love listening to you. An awesome show tonight, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, dude. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Bye. All right, there you go. There's Ian, the mailman. 314, you're on the air. Hello? Oh, I just... Bruce Wayne. What's going on, Bruce? No, brother. Hold on. Let me just turn the volume down here on yours. Okay. Can you hear me now? Uh, a lot worse than I did before. Yes. Yes. Is this any better? Oh, that's a lot better. So what's up with you, my friend? It's been a long time. It's been a very long time, indeed. Um, I've actually been doing a quite a bit of stuff. Uh, it's craziness. Uh, in the middle of a divorce, trying to empty the house so we can sell it. Uh, thank God the business is going well. But uh, Sorry to hear about that. As, yeah, you know, no, no. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> I understand. You know what to happen. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Usually, a lot of it's, it's used. Once you get to that point, usually, yeah, it's all good. It's whatever. But it, it's just added, added things you got to do. Exactly, exactly. But um, I want to tell you that you know, from your, uh, from your guest last night, I, I didn't catch the show, but Abe was talking about it, uncensored Abe today, and I was lurking while I was emptying out my collection. 
I have uh, an extensive Batman collection and toy collection and memorabilia that's uh, going to be going up for sale real soon. But uh, aside from that, <laughs> is there anything you're interested in? Let me know. Maybe I got something you want. Well, it, 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 I mean, you can always go drop, if you put it on eBay or something like that, you can drop the links inside of the, the, the Discord. I'm sure that there's a lot of people that would look through it at least. Um, yeah, no, it's so extensive and so elaborate. Right. It's everything from wrestling figures to VHS wrestling videotapes, movie videotapes, CDs, DVDs, music, action figures, statues, you name it. I've been collecting for well over 50 years. Well, if there's any 12-year-olds out there, I'm sure that they're going to be really excited about the prospect of what <laughs> So, But anyway, I'm glad to hear that you're around and that despite everything, you're still pushing forward, Bruce. What do you have on your mind tonight? Well, we were talking uh, about your uh, show last night and uncensored Abe uh was doing some live digging while he was listening to you in the background and he came up with some other stuff to complement what you were talking about and uh this whole um what's the uh the the italian mob and how they just caught this guy and all this stuff just came about you were talking about it again on your show earlier and it's how crazy is that all of this is coming around full circle. Oh, yeah. Well, I, th things like that happen all the time now, it seems. And when I when I woke up this morning, I'm just looking through the news and I saw, uh, you know, the last godfather arrested in, in, in Italy. I said, get the hell out of here. So I, I read through it because it was a short article and I sent it over to Leo. Just wanted to make sure I said, is this the guy you're talking about? Because the way he was talking about him on Friday night, that it was a prestigious one of the last prestigious names in La Cosa Nostra out there in the old country, and that uh, he was hiding out. He should have stayed in Vatican City and, and, and stayed uh, become a monk for real, or they would have never found him. Uh, but uh, <laughs> here we go, 36 hours later. I guess uh, I wonder if somebody in the intelligence services out there in Italy was listening to this show. And <laughs> it's crazy. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. But it's it's all come. I mean, you know, we, we all we, we all have our our take on what Q is and what QAnon is and all that stuff. I just believe that in the on uh, on the on in the ongoing battle between good and evil, the pendulum swings, and the pendulum is now swinging back to that of the side of God, and we just have to stay strong, keep in prayer, keep. Keep up what we're doing and focus on the good things and the positive energy in life. And listening to shows like yours help us do that. So I just want to say thank you. Well, thank you, Bruce. And it's good to hear from you. And I hope you call in more often. And thanks again to Uncensored Abe for, for that uh, facilitating a little side conversation and, and that I was a part of and I didn't even know. So thank you all and have a good night, my friend. You too. God bless everybody out in Foxhole land. There you go. Foxhole is a wonderful, thriving community over there. It's doing well. All right. Looking at a 854. We're doing okay. We're doing all right. So the internet, the internet, the internet, the internet, dead internet. Where is it all going to go? It, I, it's it's going to be continued. It's going to always continue to be a, a place where we can use it as a delivery system. But the more time... The more time spent, we're going to have to find a way of verifying who we are, which is shitty. Because the internet is the best when it's anonymous. 
So what do we do? Is it going to be breakaway internets? How do you create your own internet? I know how you can mine your own gold. You can go out there in, in, a, in a river somewhere in California and pan for gold. But how do you create your own internet? Is it really just about shows like this? Creating their own forums? Doing things like that? I, I think we've done a really good job at, cre- at, uh, at reestablishing the human contact with this show. Every Christmas is a testament to that. The hundreds of cards that come in just to say hello and, and share pictures of people and their family and their dogs and their cats. And um, that's a wonderful testament of, of human life. And obviously that's just something that I, I experience personally and don't really share that much. But um, things like that. Got to continue on on the human road. One more call. One more call. Let's go. 479, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, Frank. How are you? Oh, I'm sorry. You're breaking up, my friend. Hmm. You sound fine to me. Yes. Is this any better? A little bit better. Okay. Go right ahead. Okay. Sure, sure. So you were talking about AI and the dead internet. I have a, a comment slash question for you. So I make my living on AI, data science, machine learning, that sort of thing. And for these machine learning models to work, you need enormous amounts of data to train them on. Mm. And so if everything on the internet is dead, so that there is no real data to train your models on, I would be very curious to know how you would ever be able to manipulate again. Does that make any sense? Oh, definitely. It definitely. And, and I think that's where, that's where they, um, that's where we start getting the, the, the people will drop in the ideas of these, these uh, kind of echo chamber feedback loop things where you know obviously you need a lot you need millions of people for a time there and and there are tens of millions if not hundreds of millions of people on the internet there's over a billion people that were on Facebook at one point um so there's there's tons of input the real question i and a lot of other people are wondering is it's when you walk around every day and you go into i don't know a dunkin donuts or you go into a deli and people are online but they're not being helped yet or they're usually fiddling with their phones and they're usually on some kind of an app it's all internet powered whether it be wi-fi or data or whatever it's all connectivity so it's not that there aren't people on the internet the real question is what is getting between i feel there, there's an isolating effect that is going into that that is has been layered into our experience on the world wide web and it's it's very odd there just the culture the culture on image and text boards have changed there's uh, there's obviously a lot of government overreach we've been learning a lot about the the twitter files what how there is just just you know well funded government operations that are going on but prior to that there was just a uh, a of, of, I don't know, an end-to-end sterilization that was going on. And that's not to take away from the fact that there are just as many people using the Internet now than ever before. So, um, or I should say more than ever before. So it, it, it's an odd thing. And maybe someone from your, you know, your your line of work would be able to con- come up with a way that, that that's possible. Well, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I tend to believe that our interactions with people in society are very dulled down these days. Mm. Um, it's very hard to even pry an opinion out of some folks. I mean, if you look at what happened with COVID, I had a very hard time, and almost everybody that I hang out with that are buddies of mine, they're all very well educated. 
you could not get them to think reasonably about the problem. So I'm, I'm going to let you go, but I'll just leave with one, this one thought. It's pretty common. If you're using uh, social media or anything else like that, and you don't know what the product is, you are the product. You know, before you go, I would. You're making me. You're making me wonder that maybe, maybe a factor that needs to be that needs to be considered. That I don't know how even you would even measure this, is that what is the ratio of lurking internet user versus those who are jumping into the comments, those who are are using Twitter and 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 really publishing thoughts. What what well, what is the ratio of those who are yeah, what, what what do you think? The person it varies. And here, here, let me give you this example. If you are in a conversation online and you're talking about a subject that you're passionate with, first of all, let, let me back up and say it another way. Um, let's suppose that you're somebody who believes that the Earth is flat and it was created by midgets. Um, so you have a relatively marginalized belief system. However, on the internet you're bound to find a handful of people that are going to agree with you, no matter how small. So when you do find those people, it seems very odd that people would disagree with you because after all, you're hanging out with your friends and they're corroborating your insane beliefs. So we all tend to believe that our opinions are normal and okay because we hang out, at least online, with people who agree with us. When you wander into either a real situation or an online situation, where that's not the case, there's an awful lot of cognitive dissonance for folks. Mm-hmm. They do not know how to handle that. And they tend to clam up, I think. Oh, yes. In person, so they do. Your question is both. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's a, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot there. I wish that there was metrics for these things, but there isn't. Yeah, we're all just speculating as to what could be contributing factors to this kind of, uh, this digital cultural phenomenon here. And uh, there, there's, that's it. We're we're being desocialized in many ways. So 100%. So 100%. All the socialization we may have gotten during more healthy times, especially those of us in my gen How how old are you? I am 58. Okay. So then you're 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 older than I am, but my generation coming up, we were the we are this really interesting generation where we have one foot in your world. And we have another foot in the other. We, we still are we're the last generation to know what it was like to leave the house in the morning, uh, in, the, in the summertime, go with your friends, grab some baseball bats, to, uh, balls, and pack your lunch, and you're away for the whole day. You have, you, you have to know the positions of the sun. You have to know when all of the, the street lights come on. And you have no beepers, no cell phones, no nothing. We had, so we, were, we had one foot in the old, and then we were right there when the new got, got introduced. And I think that, I think that uh, there's a, even people who were socialized in that, uh, that, that BC era prior to 2001, because I would have to say 9-11 is, is like year zero for, uh, for our culture in the West. Um, but I, I would say in, in that BC era, anybody who was even born there is still having a hard time holding on to all those socializ- socializ- socialization skills that we picked up in childhood because we're just being overwhelmed by bad habits and, uh, and really awkward people. Thousand percent. You know, I, I'm very grounded in my beliefs and in my faith. I have no clue what's going to happen in ten years when these kids who are essentially shrink wrapped and boxed up for COVID 
grow up enough to actually be asked to make reasonable decisions. I have no clue what kind of choices they're going to make. There's probably going to be a small army of Jeffrey Dahmers out there. I'll tell you, a small, a small army of Jeffrey Dahmers is ready to run loose soon. But uh, thanks for the call. This is a great call. What was it? What's your name again? This is Tim from Arkansas. All right, Tim. I called you once before. Well, Tim, I'm going to make sure that you are stored here. Tim from Arkansas. All right. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for tonight. I'm glad Ooh. that we had a nice, nice call to end the show on topic. More of this to come, maybe tomorrow. Silky Johnson says, Frank, if you want someone to talk about films, a good person to talk to would be Rob Egger on YouTube and his website, Collative Learning. Why do I know? I know Collative Learning. I definitely know that. We have featured some of this, their stuff in the Sunday night shows. He's a Kubrick expert and does, yes, yes. He does deep analysis of films and other topics, fan, fantastic stuff. Um, Collative Learning is fantastic. Really great work, as you just said right there. And I have put quite a bit of, of his stuff into the Sunday night uh, shows. You know, obviously with all credits and stuff, and we don't take out any of any anybody's um, self-promotion and all that. It's just really good stuff, especially the deep dives into The, the Shining. I, not only did he do breakdowns of the... the um, the, the furry scene in The Shining and things like that, but I also think he did a breakdown of the floor plan of the, the, the Overlook Hotel to show how Kubrick filmed it in a way that created distinct amounts of anxiety from how there was no symmetry to the hotel and how it was shot. If you're trying to try, if you're trying to get a floor plan in your head as you're watching the movie as to what you know what is the makeup and the build of this hotel he filmed it in a way where that it is uh it's almost like the the labyrinth outside a maze that you have outside that uh, jack torrance eventually dies in but still great great yeah that's a great channel and jesse woke says frank no offense but how do we know that you are real well that's the whole thing here ladies and gentlemen I'm the one who doesn't know who the hell you all are. And it is the oddest part of my job. That's the oddest part of the job. No doubt about it. But if I can do anything, I can humanize some of these, these themes, create conversations, open up the lines for other real human beings. I think we talked to all human beings tonight. I think only, I think only humans got through. And, uh, and, and that's just, that's just more the glorious, the glorious fun of live talk radio. And we'll do more of that tomorrow at seven o'clock. Thank you everybody for your support and your time. Huge, huge, a dick, huge addict says good show, Frank. I'm gay. Okay. That's good. All right. That's great. We're all good here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you soon. And thank you again and again and again. We'll be back on tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, and I hope that you're here joining me. I don't know what we're going to be talking about just yet. Definitely some fertility, so get your fertility uh, stories ready to go. We're going to be talking about fertility clinics and whether or not they can be trusted. Tomorrow night, be here. Be here or be nowhere. 
I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters. Starting with the lovely people on quite frankly superchat.com. That is Silky Johnson, Jesse Woke, Kitty Meow, KT Sky D, Silky Johnson again, Chef J. Kinney, and Patty P. Thank you to everybody on Rumble, everyone on Foxhole, the Monday night. After Hours is about to begin on QuiteFrankly.tv. I will see you there in that chat room. Enjoy yourself, ladies and gents. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. we got movies all tonight. Sharks and kickboxing. Get there. Stay, Billy. <laughs>